Welcome to the Like a Bigfoot podcast. This is episode number 171. Uh, and I'm your host, Chris Ward. And this week I get to sit down and I get the opportunity to talk with uh, Chef Corso from Monte Boca, which is an outdoor uh, kind of recipe cooking camp meal website um, for all sorts of adventures. And, and yeah, uh, I'm really excited to share this episode. This is kind of a different aspect of adventure um, than we've had on the show before. So this is kind of the idea of when you go out in the wild and you're, you know, in whatever form or fashion you like to do, whether it's ultra running, whether it's mountain biking, whether it's backpacking, whether it's just going on a camping trip or or even like, you know, driving somewhere pretty in your in your car, or your truck and and throwing out a tent. This is the idea of like, how can our food help complement the experience and we'll get into it but the the simple concept is you know usually if we're planning a big expedition or a big uh vacation or or a trip or camp or whatever uh the food that we bring is usually down the list (laughs) in order of importance you know when we're talking about gear and we're talking about uh the route you want to take or the areas you want to explore usually you know at the bottom of the list is like oh yeah and what do we want to eat to fuel ourselves (laughs) uh and chef corso's idea is like hey like he totally understands that idea but he's like hey why don't i supply this really easy idea this really easy recipe book that can be lightweight um you know less than 10 ingredients that's going to take about 10 to 20 minutes to make and you can have this awesome meal to uh kind of accentuate the experience there um which is super cool and i've i tested a few of his recipes at this point and they're good they're super good um i made what i make beef stroganoff um and then me and my wife did this dessert thing for our kids and you know when I tested them, I was just in my backyard, but there's something about sitting outside and cooking food that just feels really good and it feels really natural and feels right. Um, and then for me as a dad, you know, like involving my kids who one of the biggest things they love to do is help out when we cook dinner or cook bake cookies or things like that like they're all in and so to teach them like hey now we can be outside and we can be enjoying the beauty around us while we cook some food while we make our dinner and prepare it that's super cool and that's like an awesome bonding experience so as i'm sitting here in kind of uh in like a what am i training for what's my next adventure kind of you know, uh, weird kind of middle ground that I'm finding myself in because, you know, we just finished a busy summer and a busy fall and I don't want to rush into, into preparing for anything just quite yet. Um, I have decided that one of the things I want to do at least once a week is, is cook outside and, and prepare something for my kids outside. And, uh, Monte Boca is definitely something I'm going to refer to because like I said, um, the recipes are really simple and things like that. So, uh, I'm super excited to share the episode. We kind of talk about chef Corso's background, his adventures and, and get some recommendations. So if this is something like, I mean, I think I'm going to make a commitment. Like I want to cook outside. If you guys want to cook outside too, (laughs) um, yeah, that'd be super cool, especially as winter's coming. It's when it's nice and chilly and you got that that crisp fall air. There's nothing better than like having a sweatshirt on or having a coat on and then being huddled around something warm while you're cooking food. Uh, it just sounds sounds comforting. Sounds like an awesome way to start the day. Nice cup of coffee. Ah, oh, sweet, sweet coffee um, and, and cooking. So yeah let's get into it this is a this is a cool episode so uh this is the like a bigfoot podcast number 171 with chef corso all right guys this week i'm joined by uh chef corso uh he's the owner creator of an awesome outdoor food website called monte boca um 
I'm excited for the episode. I know um, that I, I, I have a feeling you guys are going to be listening to this and you will be just so hungry. This will be like the most delicious episode of the podcast yet. So, so yeah, man, welcome to the show. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I want to dive into, you know, all things, uh, chef Corso and Monty Boca and stuff. Like I want to hear your story. Um, but first I just got to ask you this question. What is the best outdoor meal experience you've ever had? Good question. And, uh, man, there's, there's been a lot, especially over the last few years as we've been testing recipes outside. But I think that, and this is kind of why I started Monte Boca, where I think food should complement the experience for all of our, our treks that we go outside for our long hikes, for our, our short hikes is I want food to be a, 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 a big part of that experience. But I think that the one that comes to mind is uh, a trip we actually just did this last uh, summer to uh, an area up north of of Seattle, Washington called uh, the Enchantment. And you have to get a permit, and but it's really really special place. You can do a, a, a through hike in a few a few days, and we cooked fresh ing- we we cooked uh, fresh recipes, fresh ingredients for the whole time. And each meal time was just a, a thing to get excited for. So we had dirt bag eggs Benedict for breakfast. We had wonton dumpling bowl for dinner with some uh, mango fried rice. And we were sitting by an alpine lake. And it was just a, a fantastic experience. And it really uh, satisfied our, our, our bellies and gave us a really great experience to go with the beautiful vista that, that we were uh, seeing. Yeah. Yeah, well, I think that's, I mean, me and my wife, we keep a, like a travel journal and there's probably like five or six pages in the travel journal that is just like best meals we've ever eaten. And, the you know, it ranges from like super fancy, you know, fancy restaurant kind of stuff all the way to like, you know, an experience you had like hiking through the woods or having a picnic or like going to like a beautiful view and then having a, you know, having a snack. And, and like, that's what I really thought was super cool about, you know, your guys whole, uh, your whole website and, and all of your recipes is you, you kind of like tag tag team them and you tag them up with, with uh, specific hikes with specific recipes. So that's awesome, man. Yeah, and uh, all of our recipes are are tested outside because they need to work in the outdoor space and specifically with a camp stove. And uh, it's just been really fun to to match up kind of some some uh, themed themed meals or just something that's super super tasty with a great uh, day hike that you've done twenty times or with a new location that you're that you're going to. Yeah, yeah. Are all your friends like? Yeah, we'll definitely go hiking with you. Are you kidding me? yeah um, i've become extra popular now uh because the food is food is better than than normal and uh a a lot of folks are just really tired of packaged meals and that's kind of how monte boca started where i just got really really tired of the dry salty and then eventually expensive packaged meals where uh they just became not that satisfying and i thought we could could eat better outside but it's been fun to go out with with friends in the community to be able to uh just cook together and share together and have some some really good stuff yeah that's awesome yeah i mean you know if you ever come to colorado like 100 percent, i'm gonna be hiking with you and uh letting you meal prep you know absolutely i look forward to that yeah but so the other day so we we uh we know we had the interview planned and i wanted to kind of test them out just so i kind of knew what i was talking about and so yesterday and you know i gotta admit like i did this in my backyard but which isn't as cool but i gotta say even doing this in my backyard i brought out my like little hiking stove um you know i got all the ingredients out i brought my daughter out there and we made a meal outside and there's just something about cooking when you're outside that just makes it that much more special um 
and so we prepared your guys uh beef stroganoff and it was it was delicious like i'm pretty sure i could like trick people into thinking i made this in like a fancy kitchen you know what i mean for sure and then how how long did it take oh dude it was probably total from you know prep to finished was probably not even 20 minutes awesome so all the recipes we have are ready in 30 minutes or less and 10 ingredients or less because you, when you're on your your longer trek you're hungry you just had a long day or the sun is going down or you need to conserve gas because you've got uh, maybe not a, not a lot left or you need to, to uh, be mindful of that over a longer trip. But uh, they have to be fast and they have to be easy. But for the specific stroganoff recipe, I was able to kind of match uh, the, the classic packaged meal stroganoff that we all go to because it's, it's the, the, um, probably the most popular packaged meals are Chili Mac, stroganoff, uh, kind of some sort of sweet and sour chicken and like a, a, a pad thai. And we have a whole series called Classics Elevated that are those exact flavors, but using real ingredients, fresh ingredients that you can cook in less than 30 minutes. Yeah, that's awesome, man. So like, can you kind of like bring us back? Like, I want to hear your story and your journey. Um, when, when did you decide to kind of like mesh your love for the outdoors with your love of cooking? Yeah, I'm, um, well, I'm from the Pacific Northwest. Uh, Monte Boca is based in Seattle, Washington. And uh, I've traveled around the United States uh, in, for, for school and uh, just for, for overall work and, and life and things. But I've you know, plopped back down in the, the Pacific Northwest. But food has always been a, a component of, of my life and my family. And we're always cooking. We're always sharing. And I kind of latched onto that really early on where it's something that I really enjoyed. And I, I kind of tell a story where it's, I think I, I really started to like it because I wanted to dictate what I could eat, where if my mom was cooking something I didn't like, I wanted to be able to make something that I did like. So I started to just hang around with my grandparents and, and family in order to, to learn how to do that. And, uh, kind of zooming forward, I decided that food was something that I want to pursue. So I went to school for hospitality business uh, management at Michigan State, and then went to uh, culinary school in Napa Valley in Northern Italy, and um, kind of tried to figure out what I wanted to do with food. And my initial desire was not to open up my own restaurant. Uh, most chefs are, especially after you go to culinary school, it's like, oh, you're going to open up your own place. And for me, it was just not, not that strong of a desire. I really respect anybody who can, who can do that and open multiple restaurants in the city because it's really, really hard. But for me, I just like cooking and I like creating, but I didn't want to have to do it every night. Yeah. So I was able to uh, find, a, find a track of being a research chef. So I was a, a research chef in a test kitchen for for over five years testing new retail food products. So large companies, small companies would come to us and we would help them uh, recipe develop or menu develop in order for them to create their new ice cream or salad dressing or alcoholic beverage. So I was really, really keen on that. I had a really great time just being creative with, with projects and different food and learned a lot through that process. And uh, eventually shifted over to, to being a, a head chef and culinary director for a restaurant group here in Seattle for multiple years. And that's kind of when I started to, you know, I would say taking a step back for me going outside and for my longer trips, it really started in my mid twenties, having coming back to Seattle and really started to enjoy the Pacific Northwest, both all the way up into BC and down to, down to Oregon. There's a lot of amazing things to see. So I started going outside and obviously eating what I'm doing it. And that's when I started to, to, to understand that food was a, a big component of our trips and that the food options were pretty lacking. Yeah, it's and like, I wanted it's to like see what? if I could like, do something about it. It's like oatmeal or summer sausage and, and like you said, the prepackaged meals, right? 
Like what's the, what are like the classic, like, Hey, I'm going hiking because I guess when I'm thinking about my wife and I's book with all of our like favorite meals, right? It's, it's kind of unfortunate because we've gone on, gone on a lot of like really cool adventures and cool hikes. And yet the food component has been so kind of boring that it's like, Oh, like that's not really, that didn't add to the memory. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And I, I think the, the standards that people go to are uh, jerky bars of whatever your, your favorite, uh, favorite brand is yeah. <laughs> oatmeal, uh, whether that's instant and you add some, add some jazz to it, or it's the, uh, you know, pre-packed, uh, apple cinnamon packets. And, and like, I don't know about you, but I can't eat the apple cinnamon packet anymore. It's just, it's, it's like dead. <laughs> um, <laughs> But then there's that. Then there's uh, the, the the package meals, and I understand why people gravitate towards them because they're easy, they are satiating. There's uh, there's calories there, and they're easy. And the thing about you know trip planning is, is trip planning is really hard because you need your your permit, you need your gear, you need your clothes, and then you eventually get to your food. And by that time, you know you maybe only have a day left or you know, you're, you're planning on dehydrating for a full day and to, to, in order to, to get ready for your trip. And sometimes it's just, I don't have time. So I'm just going to, you know, go down the dry package dial and, and shovel those into my cart and I'm, I'm good to go. And then I'm going to wait for my, you know, massive burrito or burger at the end of it and just crush that and be yeah. so excited <laughs> for it. But yeah. for, 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 for me, like, I want that, I want that food to be great every day and every meal time that you're outside because because why not yeah it just adds to the experience you know like you're outside you're at a beautiful like you mentioned you're at like a lake i mean when i was making the meal yesterday and i was sitting in my backyard which i love being in my backyard and it feels great being outside but i was like man how much more amazing would this be if i was like overlooking like a beautiful vista you know yeah, it's a uh, it's a really nice thing when you can finally get to that amazing destination and put a nice meal with it. But then it it also is you don't have to have an epic trip to to go outside. Like part of Monte Boca is to to get you outside and to have you eat well and to have you share that experience with with somebody or your your family. Where you know we we always think like oh I need to you know plan my my super long through hike for this year. And, um, you know, I do that too, but then sometimes like I just need to go to a city park or a short day hike just in order to get outside and and enjoy something. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. What, so why Monte Boca? Like, what is, what does that mean? Like, where did that name come from? Yeah. So Monte Boca is a mashup of, of things that I kind of came up with where I like to go into the mountains and I usually like to eat with my mouth. So I uh, combine those. In, I don't know what the other into, option would uh, be. Boca. <laughs> I I don't know either. I'll let your listeners to you know think about that. <laughs> but um, but yeah, so it's a combination of mountain and mouth, which is things that I, I like to eat and I like to go outside. Yeah, that's awesome, man. That's cool. So um, I guess take us back to like your test kitchen days, because. I'm just really interested in what that would be like. Um, so I'm a middle school science teacher is my regular, you know, day to day job. And even today we were looking at onions for onion cells, but we were like talking a little bit about the food science behind onions. And then we just kind of got into a discussion about how, like, you know, really a lot of the things you learn in, in chemistry class and, and science class can be applied to cooking and you know for kids who are really interested in that that's like a really big hook for them so so yeah can you kind of like describe like tell me about your time in the test kitchen yeah so uh i did i my office was a test kitchen which was pretty amazing and so my computer and and all my kind of uh uh, kitchen wares were were in a, a, a test kitchen and uh my day-to-day was, was a lot of project work. So we would get uh, a, a, often working on multiple projects at the same time. But, for example, we'd get uh, a project for a new uh, berry banana smoothie. And it would be our job to help figure out the, the flavor profile of uh, how much of each ingredient is in it. 
And the, the, the big challenge with making food products for the grocery store, uh, as opposed to making it for a fine dining restaurant or, you know, a bar and grill is that you need to worry about food science, as you're mentioning, but that means um, uh, shelf life and um, also, oh man, I'm blanking. You can cut this out later. <laughs> um, Will do. Um, yeah, yeah. Hold on. Why am I blanking on this? Um, Dude, I blank oh, 24-7. And it's a lot more embarrassing in front of seventh graders. So, <laughs> Right. Um, so you have to worry about uh, food. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you have to worry about uh, food science part of it. But then you also have to worry about food safety. So you want that berry banana smoothie to be able to last for uh, a long time. That you want sense. it to be food safe for people. And then yeah. you want that flavor to be able to last for multiple months on the shelf where if you're just making, you know, a chili uh, for your, for your family, it just needs to last for a couple of days. That's interesting, man. So you got to have to like kind of work out. I don't know. It's, it's interesting. You kind of have to think outside the box a little bit. It sounds like. You have to think outside the box a little bit, but then you also have to think like down the road and down the path because not only does this product need to taste good now, but it needs to taste good after it's uh, pasteurized, after it's cooked, after it sits for a long period of time. So there's a lot of factors uh, involved in making a really good food product. And yeah. I think we kind of take it for granted where, you know, we just know that the, uh, you know, Doritos Loco Doritos are there and they're delicious they're the best but um <laughs> how do they get the, oh, and like all the kettle chip flavors and all the new ice cream flavors that are coming out is you know there's a team of people working on those to make sure that they're tasty for you but then also uh safe and uh last a long time yeah dude one of my favorite things to do so speaking of seventh grade teaching right if i i have them look up like Lay's potato chips in every country. This is just a complete side note, by the way. But if you look up Lay's potato chips in every country, like some of the flavors that, you know, it's just so different in, in as you travel around the world because people have different tastes. Yeah, there's uh, there's shrimp chips out there. There's <laughs> ketchup chips in Canada. Ketchup chips it's, are the and, best, you know, Different by the berries way. and... <laughs> they're they're pretty good, um, but uh, there's a lot of different tastes out there, and people eat uh, really really differently in different parts of the country. But then, you know, I think in the United States, is we're we're pretty diverse in our our food cultures and uh, grocery stores that have a lot of different flavor profiles that are pretty pretty handy for us to grab. Yeah. So, how do you you know what what lessons did you take from that? and you're applying now to like this new endeavor you're, you're taking on? Yeah, that's a good question. I, I think I used a lot of uh, the kind of the similar teachings of, you know, writing everything down. It sounds funny, but when you're just throwing uh, ingredients in a pot, sometimes you don't do that. So <laughs> yeah. you know, that's kind of the first step is to, to write everything down and, and weigh everything out or have the, the exact amount. But uh you know, I gave myself uh, kind of recipe recipe rails for for myself, but then also for for Monte Boca recipes, which kind of again, it's ten ingredients or less, ready in thirty minutes or less. They're using fresh ingredients, so I'm not suggesting that you go take a raw chicken and put it in your put it in your bag next to your socks, but you can take snap peas, you can take broccoli flowerets that are already cut for you, and you can use jerky in your beef stroganoff that's just a package you can find at the gas station. So using fresh ingredients and um, also they need to be mindful of weight. So we have recipes that are as low as eight ounces for two to four servings. We also call out water weight on all of our recipes because sometimes water is a challenge, especially in Colorado at certain times of year or at certain locations where you don't have pumpable water yeah. or you're going into the desert and you and you have to carry all of your water with you i want you to be able to allocate that where if you do have pumpable water then oh man like you can do a whole bunch of stuff it's it's uh pretty easy but um 
then I also wanted them to be usable, where when I kind of research recipes on different websites, I kind of noticed that there was a big story behind it, where the, the person creating them was, you know, telling me their emotions for the day and what the weather was outside. <laughs> and around like 10 yeah. scrolls down, you finally get to the recipe and you're like, oh, dude, thank you. like maybe I'll go back and read that. That but drives th- me there, There's a nuts. time and a place for a story. Yeah. So what we've created for, for Monty Boca is, yes, we have uh, recipe tips and, and articles and blog posts and things to help you trip plan and help you pack. But the recipes, it's literally a picture of what it looks like, usually in the out, uh, outside somewhere. And the recipe is formatted for your phone or a pocket-sized trail notebook. And it's all really, really easy to follow, chop, stir, cut, turn on burner, because I want it to be easy and the format itself to be usable for the anybody that likes to go outside. Yeah. Yeah. You're not like two weeks ago on a glorious Tuesday afternoon, I was walking through the trails of blah, blah, blah. <laughs> not, not for the main recipe. I mean, we have some nice stories and some other, uh, you know, trip trip blogs, but, uh, you can go, you know, dig, dig deep on, on those, uh, uh, if, if you want to go find more. Info. Yeah. Yeah. But I do, um, I agree with so you though. As, like as far as the, the, the websites where you are trying to find a recipe and then you, all you can find for the first, you know, half of the page is some story. I'm like, what? I'm just trying to figure out if this is going to taste good or not. <laughs> right. So, um, there's, Again, there's a time and a place for a story, but for, <laughs> yeah. for these recipes, I just want you to get the recipe and <laughs> go to the store, pick it out, and and get out there. Uh, some other things about the recipes is there's no pre-prep and no dehydrating. We are using uh, fresh ingredients and maybe some classic back, uh, classic backcountry staples uh, like instant rice or, de- or uh, freeze-dried beans or rice noodles. But no pre-prep, no dehydrating, because I want you to get outside. All these ingredients are really easy to find. If we have a special ingredient, like a powdered egg or some sort of interesting sauce or something, we call it out on the recipe so you can make a special order. But I would say 90, 90, 95% of the ingredients you can get at any grocery store. And as I started developing them, I obviously want them to be tasty and easy, but I also want to be mindful of everybody's dietary restrictions because everyone's eating a specific way based on health reasons or just philosophical reasons. So we have categories that are breakfast, lunch, dinner, dessert, um, gluten-free, dairy-free, vegan, plant-based, all kinds of ways of of eating outside because I want you to be able to eat well. If, if, de- depending on your dietary restrictions. Yeah. We also have one final category called trail trail gating. Have you heard about trail gating? I have not. So trail gating, it's not like I invented this, but I'm really trying to play it up because I think it's a great idea. <laughs> but there's two ways you can trail gate. Is one, like imagine you're, I don't know, like 10 miles deep and it's finally time to set up set up camp. And you've got four or six people and, you know, it's all time to set up camp. You know, it takes you 20, 30 minutes to do that. We have to find out where the bathroom is and where do we pump water. But what if somebody popped out their stove and made um, nachos or they made a bursted tomato goat cheese dip or honey sriracha popcorn, like something snackable because you're hungry and you want that. So you all dip in the pot. You have a little bit of a snack before you really settle down for, for the evening because I want you to share and have a good snack. The other way you can do it is if you're on a day hike and, you know, maybe you take your deli sandwich up the mountain, come on back down, but you stash a recipe and you stash your camp stove in your car and you made spinach artichoke dip or you made uh, a cheesy German uh, uh, pretzel dip with, with stone ground mustard something snackable because you may be, you know, half hour, hour away from the nearest town and you want that burger for sure, but you want a snack now. Yeah. Oh man, that sounds so, I'm looking at all the recipes right now and every one of them like, dude, that sounds so good. (laughs) But I love that concept. (laughs) Who, who, who like in, how'd you hear about that? 
I mean, trail gating is, is sort of out there in, in, in the world, I think, but I think it's more just tailgating and, you know, the sporty sport fans having yeah. their fun on a Saturday or Sunday, but like, like, I mean, I'm a, I'm a football fan and a baseball fan, but I, you know, go outside on a Saturday and I want to eat well too. So, yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome, man. So can we like coming back a little bit to your story, you mentioned going to, uh, um, like Napa, you know, Napa Valley and Italy, like what, what kind of lessons did you, did you learn through that? Was that kind of like the beginning of you pursuing this after college? Yeah, I think the, the trip to Europe was, was very eye opening, and I'm sure that a lot of your listeners out there have, have been to Europe or been to Asia or, you know, been to even just Mexico and, and really noticed that they eat differently and understanding different food cultures and things. But yeah. the European trip was, was really, really, really um, just eye opening and something that was, that was just uh, very apparent was just that ingredients were really, really important. The, the quality that they're getting for, their tomatoes and their cheeses and their meats were just very paramount to their daily life. So I kind of understood that and took that back with me to try to shoot for really good quality uh, where I can find it. And uh, the time in Napa Valley was, it was a year intensive and it wasn't necessarily a specialization in, in the program that we had, but it was a really uh, in-depth uh, education into all things food. So we may learn how to make bacon. We learned how to make bagels, uh, learned how to make all the soups and stuff and sauces. And we ate really well every single day. And it was a, a terrible time. I'm, I'm sarcastic. It was fantastic. But I also was, uh, a I'm happy that I was training for a marathon at the, at the, at the time because <laughs> yeah. I ate a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so, uh, you know, also come like connecting it to your own outdoor experience. Like what if, if someone's like, Hey, we're going, we're going up to the mountains for the weekend. Like what's the, the activity that you're into? Is it, is it trail running? Is it hiking? Is it mountain biking, skiing? Like what, what kind of stuff, uh, you know, do you like to go up and do? For me, my, my favorite is, is through hiking. I, uh, and if I can schedule it out just with, with life, I prefer to have it over four days. Yeah. It's really nice to get outside and really check out and either be by myself. As I just did my first uh, long solo hike uh, this summer uh, through the Olympic National Park. Basically walked from the southern uh, entry point to the northern ent entry point. And uh, I, I really enjoyed that experience by myself and but then also it's, it's really nice to be with a group or be with a good buddy for for multiple days and being outside but uh, I also like uh, road biking or, or city biking around town uh, day hikes those type of things I unfortunately can't quite run as much anymore through that uh, marathon training process I eventually ripped both Achilles oh. and oh, both not, of them? Not, not at the same time everybody oh. out there yeah but no it was basic it was a about a three or three and a half year span where I was either hobbled or on crutches. So I'm mindful of, of uh, putting that much stress on them, but I can still hike and walk and do that kind of thing. So I, I do miss the, the trail running and the, the more long distance running. Yeah. How, how like, wh how did you tear them? Was it, cause I know I've had friends who've torn them and it's just like literally just doing something you would do every day. Yeah, the, the first one was uh, kind of torn vertically, so it didn't completely rip, but I needed to get like a preemptive surgery in order to fix it. So that was one, but then the second one completely ripped, and of all things, I was just playing softball one day and running around second base, and I flopped over, and it felt like somebody threw a dodgeball at me, and I looked back, and there was, there was nothing, and that's when I started to get concerned. <laughs> Dude, I'm cringing right now. That's that's horrifying. <laughs> um, I guess, so back to your Olympic... But, but it's like... It, <laughs> yeah, well, just like, it, it, it sucks, yeah, but you, you get over it, and 
it uh, you you rehab it, and anybody who's been through an injury or through a training or anything, you know, it it sucks, but but you get through it and you're better for it. Yeah. And you look back and you're like, okay, well, yeah, that was not ideal, but but it's all right. Yeah, yeah. Well, so but I guess like you can talk a little bit more about the Olympic national park trip, but like either that or is there any through hike you've had that has been, um, you know, kind of a memorable experience? Like what was your, your very first one? Like what's the first night where you're camping in the middle of the mountains, you know, either by yourself or with another person? Like, what is that like? The, the uh, Olympic national park trip was, uh, really, impactful i think for for me as it was my first time really going by myself for for multiple days and i know there's probably a lot of listeners that are have done the pct or or appalachian trail that are like oh like good for you you know they're they're outside by themselves for for months at a time but it all starts somewhere and for me it was this year but that first night that first night was it was, I mean, I had total of uh, 50 miles ahead of me and that first night was just a a good long first day and plopped down and uh, the sun was going down because I got a late start and quickly whipped up a Tom Yell noodle bowl. And I think at that point when I was taking that down as, as the sun was going down, I was like, Oh yeah, I'm here. It's good. I'm doing it. And, uh, but I think the, uh, the, the best was, was the second night because it meant that I was halfway through and I was right in the middle of the park and in the Olympic national park, you can have uh, fires at specific campsites. So I had a fire by myself at a campsite, nobody, no other hikers around by a rushing river. And I think that night I made, uh, cheddar bacon grits with quick cook polenta and you know thing cooked up in five to ten minutes and i'm sitting by the the, the river with like no pants on because no one's around and i'm <laughs> having fire and i'm outside and it was great that sounds amazing man olympic national park too i'm i'm looking at pictures right now i've been up to washington just for like a day or two and that place looks pretty unbelievable it's a pretty special spot and I'm from Port Angeles, Washington, which is right uh, to the North of it. And so I was lucky enough to, to stare at the Olympics for most of my childhood. But I think the thing that's really nice about Olympics, it's very accessible. There's a lot of access points all around it. And it's also really diverse. There's, you can be hiking in the Olympic national park on the beach. You can go into an actual rainforest in the whole rainforest. And then you can be, in the high alpine literally all in the same day wow that's awesome man that's that's so cool so have you have you had any other adventures in you know other parts of the united states or or has it been mostly kind of like pacific northwest based um i mean i think the the memorable trips at least can come to mind at the moment there's there's multiple in the olympics there's a few in the enchantments which is north of uh north of Seattle by a couple hours. We went to Joshua Tree for the first time this year, which was another uh, amazing experience. If you guys haven't been, it's just its own special special place. Um, done a long through hike through uh, Bend and the Sisters, which is another really oh, pretty pocket. Cool. And I think you know, my, my uh, outdoor bucket list uh, trip was kind of fulfilled a couple of years ago where we went down to the Patagonia. And did the W, did a through through hike there, and that was a pretty amazing experience being all the way down there, and uh, it's it's pretty memorable. Yeah, yeah. How's how is it? You know, how's like I guess if we want to connect it to food, like how's the food culture down in Patagonia different, or did you not experience that because you were mostly like out through hiking? Yeah, I think the, I mean, for anybody that's been down there, it is way, way at the end of the continent. (laughs) And once you're down there, you realize that, you know, you are, you're far away from home. But, uh, I mean, Chile has a, you know, developing food culture, but it's pretty basic. Um, I mean, some, some fruits and vegetables, but uh, a lot of meat. And uh, they actually just have, they have a, uh, a lot of hot dogs. 
uh, hot dog carts and hot dog stations with uh, like guacamole or avocado and mayonnaise on top. And usually like really big. That's one thing um, that's available. You know, when we did the, the, the trek, we, we kept it pretty minimal because we didn't quite know the language or didn't quite know uh, what we were kind of and expect so we we kept it pretty pretty light and and pretty easy that's awesome that's cool well so kind of to like wrap up today a little bit um well first i want to encourage people like please like honestly i'm i i really highly suggest checking out the website um montiboca.com uh I know for me personally, like after I cooked out there yesterday, I'm like, I'm going to make a commitment to do this at least once a week, even if it's just in my backyard, hopefully, you know, get some more hikes in, but, um, but just cooking outside, there's just something to it. You know, I think that's part when you mentioned tailgating and, and going to sporting events, like that's part of the fun is just being able to enjoy a meal while standing around your friends outside, you know, relaxing and and i think that's kind of it's cool like i guess can you speak to that a little bit like what is your ultimate goal with this is it seems to me and i tell me if i'm wrong but like it seems to me that a ultimate goal is like almost like a community building and and kind of getting people because i guess if the one thing that's stopping you from going outside or going on a through hike is the fear of eating another granola bar um, you know, you don't want that. You want people to kind of be encouraged to do that. But, but yeah, tell me if I'm right or wrong on that one. You're, you're spot on. And I think back to, you know, cook, you cooking in your backyard with, with your daughter is there's also a really strong family component with, with this is go outside and cook with your kids or go outside and cook with your, your grandparents. And, you know, maybe just go to a city park. Like you don't need an epic trip to be able to eat outside and, uh, have a, a kind of an elevated picnic because it's it's fun to cook out there. But I think to your you know community thought is Monte Boca is all about community and sharing and getting folks outside. And we actually have uh, a community of recipe testers currently. So the thing about it is you know I, I I'm a classically trained chef and I love cooking and I want to share these recipes with with all you guys out there. But I also want you guys to come along for the process. So what a recipe tester does is they'll, you know, sign up through the website. And so I know a little bit more about you and what you like to eat and what kind of trip that you have. And if you have a camp stove, because you maybe don't have a camp stove right now. Uh, we also have a lot of no burner recipes if you don't have one or just don't want to take it. But uh, you get a recipe for me, take it out of your trip. You take a couple photos. You make sure that it works for everybody out there. And then you send it back to me. And we upload it to the community recipe bank. We have over a hundred currently in all those categories for you to be able to eat well anywhere. But it's really good for, frankly, anybody. It doesn't matter what outdoor. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't matter what outdoor activity you're into. It's it's go outside and you know if you're a van lifer or if you have an RV or you're going on that long um, ultra ultra training trip and, you know, stash a recipe in your car for when you get back so you can eat something well, something really good. Um, but it's, it, it's good for a, a, a new hiker that isn't quite sure what to do. How do I meal plan? I want to be a resource for you to, to help you along through that because it's, it's challenging and I want to be able to help you. And also through, um, if you're a seasoned hiker and go out all the time, but you just don't know what to do, you're in your rut, and you take your four recipes and you're good. But, uh, you know, maybe you, you try something new, try a different flavor profile or, you know, pack something fresh, uh, to go with it. But I think the, the, the end goal with Monte Boca is I want you to go outside because I like going outside and I want you to eat well for wherever you go and whatever you do in the outdoor space is you should be able to have a really great meal and it should be fast and easy because nobody wants to spend a whole lot of time in front of their stove. Yeah, that's awesome, man. So I'm gonna just throw out a couple different, um, a couple different act like outdoor activities, and you know, if you have, and this is kind of putting you on the spot, so apologies. But if you have a recipe that you would suggest 
to go along with these. So I'm going to like try to pick out a, you know, some sure. of the activities that I know people listening kind of are into. So we'll start with, uh, like if you're a trail runner and you, like you mentioned, like you're, you're finishing a long run and maybe you're, you know, a ways from home and you want to cook something up before you jump in the car. Like what, what would be one you kind of suggest? Uh, where my head goes in that situation is either like a fried rice dish, like a mango fried rice or a soup with maybe some sweet potatoes or like a um, Yukon gold cheddar uh, soup or even a, a quick minestrone with some garlic bread. So you can get some really good nutrients after your uh, long run, but also some carbs and something satiating to to refuel you before you get back down to where you need to go. Oh, dude, see, see this is what I was saying. I, like I'm I'm leaving the conversation and I'm starving now. Um, what about, what about, uh, through hiker? So let's do this. Let's do through hiker, but you're like exactly halfway from being to the next town. You know what I mean? And you're like trying to find something to celebrate yeah. almost getting there. <laughs> <laughs> so like the midpoint, yeah. well, I'm thinking the through hiker, obviously your, your volume and your weight are, are extra, extra, uh, challenging for that but i would say utilizing a couple backcountry staples so that's either quick cook polenta and you could make uh, those cheddar bacon grits that i talked about earlier or like a, a sun-dried tomato garlic uh, uh polenta and you can also use that in the next morning to make uh but you can also have grits for breakfast if you you know throw in some powdered eggs or you can Ooh, pack yeah. in a pack in a few eggs um and or even swap all that together with a uh, you know black bean and avocado uh, breakfast burrito kind of situation. But something to cheers, you know, if you're halfway through or something, is take a special dessert because you know you have your Snickers or your uh, Milky Way or your Reese's cups that are your favorite little snack. But maybe you take uh, uh, some Nilla wafers and some banana and make caramelized banana Nilla wafer bowl. Ooh. Or which is really low pack weight, really really easy to make because you just caramelize some some sugar with your your bananas and top it with some mixed nuts. Or you make a quick little chocolate marshmallow fondue with some fresh fruit or some cookies and just dunk it in there and uh, and enjoy it that way. Nice man. Well, okay, so you kind of jumped on my next my next scenario here, but what if you were a dad and you're hiking with your kids, right? And they're super hungry and they're, and you, if you have kids, like, you know, if they get hungry, you know, you gotta be prepared <laughs> for the meltdown and you're in the middle of the woods and you're like, I don't want to meltdown. And so like, you're like, what can I give these kids that they're definitely going to just like chow down on and, and be happy around the campfire. And I'm asking for a friend, obviously, you know, uh, Right. Just, you know, your, your next door neighbor for sure. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's always important, always important to be prepared, uh, as we know. And, uh, this is a recipe I have made for the Girl Scouts, uh, all this summer. We do workshops for the, the Girl Scouts to help, uh, uh, teach and train the, the, the new campers and the, the leaders to how to cook well outside. And, uh, we've made a blueberry lemon rice crispy treat bowl for for them and they go crazy for it so i would say make a make a rice crispy treat bowl outside for whatever fruit or chocolate <laughs> or peanut butter or things that your kiddos like because a rice crispy treat bowl all you need to do is add some oil add your marshmallows a little bit of water your rice krispies and mix in your fresh blueberries a fresh squeeze of lemon or the nut butter packets and maybe garnish it with uh some coconut shavings that are out there now and just make it your own but that comes together in like five minutes oh that sounds good awesome i'm glad like it's funny you you obviously have like thought all of these out you're well thought out on on all these scenarios so i guess like uh if you were like van life or car camping you know where you do have a little more access to um storage i guess like what would is there any that you're mm -hmm. like definitely try this one 
I think the the thing with van life is you do have a little bit more storage and you might have a little bit of refrigeration, which is helpful. So you might be able to take some, you know, raw steak or or a chicken breast or something. But your your uh, kitchen is still pretty small and you don't want to have to take too much time and splatter everywhere in your van or smell it up too much. But uh, I would suggest making like a fancy toast where we've got uh, ones that you can do some really great melted cheeses with some uh, bursted tomatoes on there and whatever kind of charcuterie that you like on there. But the, the tough part about cooking in the deep back country is you can't make a grilled cheese sandwich very well just because your burner usually is, is, is rolling really, really hot and you don't have time to sit there and wait and be really patient for this thing to get ooey gooey. But in a van, you can potentially do that. So I would suggest uh, working through uh, a fancy toast and also making maybe making like a, a kale Caesar and we've got a recipe for a quick easy creamy dressing that you can make with four or five ingredients or an Italian dressing and having some sturdy greens uh, there but uh, if you do have a little bit more time um, making soup again is is really tasty and really forgiving so like a uh, white bean and kale soup or a wonton dumpling bowl. We have a recipe for that. So if you love your dumplings from the dumpling house, you can make a, a version with uh, black vinegar and ginger and wonton wrappers that will satisfy that craving. That sounds good. So we, we, we've that got sounds, a lot of, I, I'm and, all about and, uh, wontons. And, like those are, yeah, those are excellent. I'm actually, I was trying to think like I, I'm totally serious when i say i'm gonna try to do one of these once a week um and so that might be the one i go with i highly that's one of my new favorites um it's it's uh basically a deconstructed uh you know soup dumpling experience and really good and uh i mean some other things you can do when you're van life in or even you know uh, uh short-term camping or long-term camping is, is have brunch because we all love brunch but you can make dirtbag egg benedict, which utilize, utilizes uh, a hollandaise packet, which is actually in most grocery stores right next to the gravy aisle. And uh, using some powdered eggs and some, some ham, which is actually really packable and really uh, safe. But then have a dirtbag uh, mimosa, which I you know, kind of created on one random trip where you have a single serve champagne can or bottle. <laughs> Yeah, and hopefully it's plastic. That's a lot easier, and you just squeeze a cutie or a small orange in it, and you've got a dirt bag of <laughs> That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Well, okay. So last thing I want to ask you about: when I was on uh, living in Virginia on the East Coast, um, I had a friend named, uh, and he was from I think he was from Pennsylvania. Anyways, he was like, "Man, you going camping?" And I was like, "Yeah." He's like, "You got to get yourself a mountain pie iron." Have you ever heard of these things? A mountain pie iron? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so you mentioned the no grilled cheese. So I bought myself a mountain pie iron, right? And it it's obviously like if you're a through hiker or looking to save weight, these things are like 10 pounds each. So do not ever bring one of these. But if you're car camping and you have a mountain pie iron, like what, what are you cooking that? I bought it and I had no idea. Um, yeah, I mean, mountain pie irons are, are pretty classic uh, campfire cooking. And the thing about Monte Boca recipes is they're all focused on a camp stove or no burner because <laughs> yeah. I kind of figured out that if you have fire, it's really luxurious. Like you can cook a lot of things. You can do a Dutch oven, uh, something if you have a lot of, enough time. Yeah. You can do the pie iron. You can do the you know, foil packets if, if that's what you like. But for a, a pie iron, if you do have a you know, car camping situation and uh, you have a, a nice fire going, is do a jazzy grilled cheese where you uh, maybe throw in some, some goat cheese and uh, some, some nice salami and a little bit of oregano and kind of uh, uh, cook it that way. Or you can do dessert, which you can throw some Nutella, some strawberries, maybe some cashews or almonds in there. Uh, with some some bread or maybe like some croissants that are like maybe they're old croissants you're just going to mash them all in there I've, i haven't made that recipe that sounds pretty good that does sound good <laughs> so you, 
So basically, you're just making a, a, a calzone or a grilled cheese kind of sandwich, but just uh, get creative with it. That's awesome, man. Well, Chef Corso, thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, go to his website. It's Mani Boca. Can you kind of like give us an idea? You mentioned that uh, a cookbook is going to come out over the next month. Can you kind of like tell us the date that comes out and, and kind of give us an idea about that? For sure. So yeah, it's uh, M-O-N-T-Y-B-O-C-A.com and also on Instagram at Monty Boca, uh, Facebook, Pinterest. If you like pinning, pinning recipes, we've got a bunch there too. And also uh, YouTube, uh, Chef Corso. Uh, We've got a lot of how-to videos or or trip blog kind of reports if you want to know more about the Olympic National Park trip and how I felt day two. uh, (laughs) It's up there. But uh, yeah, we're we're launching our our first cookbook, and right now the ebook is out. It's 20 recipes and uh, a few easy packing checklists uh, to be able to to get you going. Uh, all in, we've got breakfast, lunch, dinner, dessert, and some of those Trailgate recipes that uh, we were talking about earlier. So quick, nice, easy format. It's formatted for your phone already, so that's really helpful. And then the printed cookbook will be out. Um, the first week in December. And if you follow us on Instagram or newsletter or anything like, like that, we'll, we'll keep you updated. But it's specifically uh, meant to fit in your pocket because I want you to be able to take it with you and reference and when you're at the grocery store or you're, you're at the campsite. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Chef Corso, thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, and thank you for changing the way I'm going to go about like cooking in the outdoors because i'm no joke like i'm going every time i go on a trip i am going to your website from now on i'm very happy to hear that and (laughs) yeah i'm I'm here for you and i'm here for everybody else to to be able to to try to eat better uh when you're when you're going outside on your trips awesome man thank you we'll uh we'll have to catch back up with you at some point sounds good thank you all right all right, guys, that's a wrap on episode number 171. Thank you, Chef Corso. Um, I'm hungry now. That was the most hungry I've been in a podcast. Um, yesterday during my <clears throat> uh, seventh period class, I, every day I, I, as a teacher, I have my students start the day by saying what they're grateful for. Um, mostly to kind of like the idea is like, hey, like you could have a bad day or a bad period before, but like, let's reset our brain. It's a little kind of like mental thing. Like, Hey, for, even if you're like stuck in this negative headspace, let's think for a second of one positive thing. And maybe that's going to be the magic key that like bumps me out of that headspace. Right. Or like helps me see like, Oh yeah, the world's not, not a terrible place. Um, so anyways, I ask them every day what they're grateful for. And my seventh period had the gall within them to start naming food. And I was like, how dare you guys name food? I am so hungry because by the end of the day, I am so ridiculously hungry. And they just started naming everything you could imagine. Oh man, like pizza and like, dude, everything. You know, when you're, you're at home and you finished your healthy dinner and you're about ready to go to bed and then you flip it through the channels and you're at like land on the food network and you just see some just delicious looking like oh man like the best food ever and you're like oh now even though i just ate healthy i have no willpower (laughs) and now i must down this gigantic grilled cheese sandwich or something like that um anyways talking to chef corso reminded me of that because i'm like dude now i'm so hungry man um but yeah um when I say I'm going to test his recipes out, I'm, that's not just lip service uh, because I did really enjoy having him on the show and I did enjoy the meals I've made so far. So I'm going to keep trying it out um, just because I think it's kind of fun. Uh, I think it's cool for you know my kids to come join me. And like I said in the intro, it's just fun cooking outside. So um, kind of just like a little side goal, you know, uh, 
that ties into, you know, adventure and athletic goals and things like that. But really just as a side goal, like I'm just going to expand like what I know and what I can do and, and how I plan for, for my adventures. So anyways, uh, I hope you guys do too. Um, that would be super cool. And, uh, yeah, we'll get back at you next week just as a preview. Um, if you don't know anything about go ruck, look it up between now and next week because we're going to talk to somebody who finished the absolute hardest go ruck event there is the go ruck selection it's a 48 hour uh over 60 70 miles go ruck uh where you're carrying 60 pounds on your back and you're you're doing all sorts of crazy things so uh come back next week it's awesome like this guy's mindset is as solid as i've heard so far and for him to get through that when i think less than like two percent are able to get through it uh it's a really fascinating kind of fascinating dive into into how he was able to do that so anyways that'll be episode number 171 we'll get back at you then uh have a good week guys